I'm not going to be late. Oh, but it'll be close. Again. I'm cruising up the highway to work in my faithful new beetle. Can I still call it new when it's over 15 years old and is pushing, what, 200,000 miles? I would suspect that you can call a car that old anything you want. You and that car have been together so long your relationship has outlasted most marriages. But hey, what do I know? I'm just the dead kid. Oh, hey, Megan. I didn't expect to hear from you today. You usually only pop in on Fridays. By the way, you know I hate it when you refer to yourself that way. You're a lot more alive than most of the living I know, myself included. Thanks, Cassie. That's cool of you to say. But the truth is, I am dead. I would never have agreed to go to prom with Bobby Jensen if I'd known I wouldn't make it back home from shopping for the dress. And if I did have to die getting a prom dress, I wish I could have done better than captain of the chess club. I mean, really, if you're going to die for a guy, he might as well be cute, right? Ah, don't beat yourself up about it, kiddo. With proper hindsight, we could all manage pretty perfect lives. And even deaths, I imagine. Speaking of perfect, Megan, mind if I ask you something that's been bothering me? And if it's too sensitive or personal or anything, you can tell me to get lost, okay? Shoot away. I wouldn't worry too much about offending me. It's not like I can afford to get into a snit with the only living person who can actually hear me. Okay. Well, I've been thinking back to Catholic catechism classes. I, I must confess I really haven't been to church much since I was 12 or so, but, but I do remember the vivid conversation Sister Mary Ruth had with us about heaven and how perfect it is and, and all. Here's the awkward part. Is that all for real? Heaven and all that perfection and stuff? Because you seem to spend a fair amount of time hanging out with me. Which I love, by the way. Don't get me wrong. I'm certainly not complaining. (laughs) It's okay, Cassie. I made the cut, if that's what you're worrying about. Oh my gosh, Megan, I didn't mean to imply I... No worries, you're good. And I think I can let you in on some secrets without getting into trouble. Or at least, not a lot of trouble anyways. Um, yes, there is a heaven. And yes, I did get to go there. And yes, it is perfect. Absolutely perfect. You make that sound like it's a bad thing. No, Cassie, not a bad thing. It's just... I'm 16, or at least I was 16 on April 17th, 1996, when I was killed. Apparently you don't age in the beyond, or at least I haven't yet. Anyway, think back to when you were 16. Every good or funny or interesting or outrageous thing that ever happened to you happened because of something bad. Or potentially bad. You know, like a near miss or something. The kind of stuff that made you put your hand over your mouth and snort out your nose because you were laughing so hard. I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) So, there's no snorting in heaven, huh? So, that's why you started hanging out on Highway 47, where you were killed? It's not that that's where I wanted to go. 
you don't get a lot of choices, really. Site of your death or your burial site. I really envy the people who get cremated. Their burial site is often really cool. You've heard about Sandra Hendrickson, who was killed in the accident with me, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she has a memorial right next to yours on the side of the road. Well, her family had her cremated, and they took her ashes with them on their next vacation to Yellowstone. My mother buried me next to Grandpa Earl. I couldn't stand his jokes when I was alive. I'm sure not going to hang out with him for an eternal round of two priests and a rabbi walk into a bar. So while I stroll along Highway 47, because it's my best option, Sandra's hanging out by Old Faithful watching the Hunky Parks crew guys give tours. That just isn't fair, I tell you. I'm sorry, Megan. I, I, I didn't mean to bring up a sore subject. No, it's great to talk things out with you. I really am lucky. Most everyone I know who's crossed over has no one to listen to them. You wouldn't believe the waiting list there is to try and talk to the medium with the big hair on that cable TV show. I don't worry about that stuff because I have you. Speaking of our little chats, I need to know what happened with Ralph last week. You know, at the big meeting? Oh, yeah. I I've been meaning to catch up with you. He was as lecherous as ever. We had the Heinz ketchup people in. Ralph got it in his head that he could lure them away from their big Chicago agency they've been working with. Last year, though, didn't you say he got the regional McDonald's account? That guy must be doing something right, right? All depends how you look at it. He did get the McDonald's account. Took us all out to dinner at the area's most expensive restaurant. Oh, and how could I forget? That's when he bought the bright orange Porsche GT3 that he drives and proudly tells anyone who will listen that he bought it from the owner of the Denver Broncos. So he's a big spender. I guess that's what I would do to celebrate, too. Of course, I'm only 16, so... No, I'd be okay with the spending and celebrating if he hadn't lost the McDonald's account four months later, when he attended a cocktail party and got himself fired when he felt up the regional vice president's wife. What? Oh. Oh, it gets worse. Much worse. As Ralph tried to explain himself to me, he pointed out that since the VP was in his 60s and his trophy wife is only 27, Ralph thought he was helping the guy out. As if? Man, is that guy creepy or what? I tried talking to him once about his wardrobe because, frankly, Ralph looks like a mobster. All the time. His suits are handmade by some Italian tailor he flies to in Manhattan twice a year, but if you end up looking like John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever, what's the point? The gold chains around his neck and the cheap-smelling aftershave. The stuff is actually really expensive, but it just smells cheap. I never brought it up because he thought I was coming on to him. That's really gross. But hey... What happened with the Heinz people? Sorry, I think I got you off track. No, it wasn't you. I have a tendency to babble when I talk about Ralph because, well, he makes me crazy. And not in a good way. 
So the Heinz people were on their way into the conference room. Ralph pats a chair next to him and says in his sleazy voice, Cassie, right here. I can never tell if he likes how I mutter things under my breath to him, so he looks smart in front of the client, or, or if he's just trying to cop another feel. You are so grossing me out right now. Thanks for making being dead sound so great. <laughs> well, you're welcome. Anyway, that was the day I wore that new dress I told you about. The short carton sundress with the Palermo pumps. So here comes Ralph sitting next to me in his new lightweight linen suit and he pressed his leg up against mine and I could feel all those wiry curly leg hairs poking out of the fabric and touching my flesh. Ah, I thought I was going to be sick. I think I am going to be sick and I haven't eaten anything in over two decades. Really? And they call it heaven, and you, you don't get to eat, huh? We eat, but we don't really eat. I can't really explain it. Oh, that's okay, Megan. I'm sure I'll find out soon enough. Like this morning, if I'm late for work again, because Ralph will kill me. I'll let you concentrate on driving. I really can't go much farther than this anyway, but I'll still be here after five today if you want to tell me about Ralph's latest gross-out. I look forward to chatting with you and grossing you out some more. Have a great day. You too, Cassie. Drive safe. Dirty rat scallions, filthy soil mongers, money grubbing land lechers. <laughs> Morning, Melvin. How are you today? If you weren't here, you know the language would be a lot more colorful, huh? But my ma taught me to talk genteel around the ladies, you know. I appreciate that, Melvin. You are always quite the gentleman. I try. Just cause a fella's dead don't mean that he can forget his manners. I mean, being around the Lord and all, one should be so respectful. <laughs> hey, I did that research you asked me to do for you. I appreciate that, Miss Cassie. Apparently my library card expired when I did. <laughs> what did you find out about those vicious vermin? Just to be clear, Melvin, are you referring to the guy who ran you over, or the one who stole your farm? Well, I'm not a big fan of that there city slicker who hit my John Deere coming over the hill. As Ma always said, stupid ain't evil, just plum unfortunate, and usually preventable too. Took that one to heart, I did. That's why I had that library card. No one was going to call Melvin T. Gottling stupid. Even if I did only have a ninth grade education. I can't think of anyone who would call you stupid, Melvin. You've got some real horse sense about you. Why, thank you, Miss Cassie. That's right nice of you to say. That city slicker's biggest mistake, he had one of them automatics. You can't trust him. 
like you're not even driving the car. I took a shine to you right away. You and your egg-shaped auto. As soon as I saw that there stick shift. Told myself, there's a young lady in charge of things. Thanks, Melvin. That's really kind of you. I have some notes about the law firm that took your farm. We can go over them if you like. Not while you're driving, Miss Cassie. No one knows the danger of Highway 47 more than no Melvin here. Just driving my John Deere from one side of my farm to the other, thanks to the state cutting my farm in two. <laughs> Spent my whole life on that tractor. And in an instant, just a flash, I tell you, I'm dead underneath it. Merciful how fast it was, but I don't want nothing to happen to you. I couldn't live with myself. Well, Melvin, you bring up a good point, but it looks like the traffic is coming to a standstill. More construction, maybe. I thought they finished that new County H intersection last month. Doggone fools. You can't eat pavement. They keep stealing all the farmland to put concrete on it. Not sure what they think us folks are going to eat. <laughs> I couldn't believe how much I had to pay for a pound of spinach last week. Almost makes a person want to eat junk food. It's not good for you, but oh, it does seem to be a lot cheaper. I always told my kids, what you doing eating that there Twinkie when you could be eating a tomato? And those little ruggers cracked me up with their answer every time. Two words, Dad. Cream filling. Sounds like you had some great kids, Melvin. Sure did. Every last one of them. Not a bummer in the lot. Look, this traffic isn't going anywhere. I guess I'm going to be late for work again. But at least it's not my fault this time. How about if we just shut down old Betsy here and I can tell you what I found out? I'm all ears. Well... As you know, the state bought part of your land in the early 60s to create what was at that time the new Highway 47. Yep, that was a hard one to take. I'd always been a big believer in the American dream, you know. It was my daddy's land and I was the caretaker. Terrible thing when the government came and ripped a wide stripe right down the middle of the whole farm. Did they pay you for it? I couldn't tell from the newspaper coverage. And... Please forgive me if that comes across as a nosy question. I don't want to overstep my bounds. Not nosy at all, little lady. I'm the one that asked you to go poking around in my business in the first place. Farmland round here at the time was going for $200 an acre. The man from the state said they'd give me $100 an acre and I should be glad I was getting anything at all because he said they could just take it if they wanted to. Said they were trying to be all fair to me and stuff. Can you imagine? <laughs> that must have been... Uh, Melvin, I, I don't mean to be rude, but there's something I really need to ask you while it's on my mind. Because otherwise, after we've had one of our chats, I go home and kick myself for not asking you again. Ask away, Miss Cassie. Best part about being dead is a fella finds he had all the time in the world. Well, it's just... Oh, I don't know. Maybe I should just let it go. You and me is friends, Miss Cassie. At least I think we is. You being so genteel and all. 
I'm sure if you want to ask it, there's nothing wrong with you knowing. <laughs> I appreciate that, Melvin, and of course we're friends. You and Megan are my closest, most dear friends, dead or alive. Look, it's nothing bad. I, I, I mean, at least I don't think it's bad. Oh, for heaven's sakes, I'm just, I'm just going to spit it out. Melvin, why do you cough? <laughs> well, the short answer is two packs of Marlboro a day. The red packs. Menthol is for sissies. But I get the feeling you're asking why a dead fella has a cough. Oh, yes, I guess I'm looking for the long answer, Melvin. And again, I don't mean to pry, but... You're not prying. And I don't think I'm breaking any of those rules in the Heavenly Host Handbook. To put it simply as a fella can, I cough because it's mine. Huh? What? You don't get to take much with you, Miss Cassie. Your memories, your voice, and other things that make you sound like you. That's where my cough comes in. I kept it because it's mine. Now, if it had bothered me, then I'd let it go. You still don't have any family up there with you, Melvin? Nah. My kids are alive and kicking, praise the Lord. And my missus, well, she's in a home now. But she's not ready to let go any time soon. It's just me and that infernal cat. What? I didn't know you had a cat with you. Oh, tell me about him. I love cats. And oh my gosh, this means what I think it does. Animals go to heaven. They sure do, Miss Cassie. Couldn't be eternal bliss without the love of something soft and furry. I only sound grumbly because it's the missus cat. That dumb thing always put herself on my tractor seat and wouldn't move neither. Always had to climb up and grab her and carry her back down. It's a real big tractor, you know. I couldn't just toss her down. How long has she been with you? I, I mean, up there. Well, that's the funny thing. She died the day after I did. Seems she was looking for the tractor to sit on like always, you know, so she went to the last place she'd seen it and got hit by another doggam car. Poor missus, losing her man and her best friend in the same week. So what's the cat's name? Well, I, uh, I call her fur face and sometimes her cat breath. But surely that's not what your wife named her. No, missy, it sure ain't. What did your wife name the cat? Do I have to say it? Well, you don't have to. I just can't imagine why you wouldn't want to. Because it ain't something a grown man should say. Oh, it, it's not? I mean, your wife wouldn't have... No, nothing like that. The missus is the most God-fearing lady you'd ever want to meet. When she do cross over, I can't wait to introduce you to her. Well, then... I'm not sure why you don't want to tell me the cat's name. I mean, it's okay, Melvin. You don't have to tell me. Snookykins. The darn cat's name is Snookykins. Oh, that sounds a wonderful name for a cat. And I can understand why you usually go with Furface. Oh, she's such a wonderful cat. Not her fault she got such a dumb name. I appreciate the company, and I'll show the missus when she gets here that I took good care of her cat. She's such a sweet lady. I sure do miss her. Oh, you're a good man, Melvin. There aren't many men like you left on this earth. <sighs> 
Take my boss, for instance. He will make passes at his staff and swindle clients at every opportunity. Some days it makes it really hard to even get out of bed, knowing I have to go there. That fellow ain't tried to trample on your virtue now, has he, Miss Cassie? To be honest, Melvin, he tries every day. I'm just too stubborn and ornery to give in to him. Why, that, that, I want to give him a thing or two. I wish you didn't work so dang far down that road. Lucky for that bum, it's past where I'm able to go. If he were a bit closer, he'd have Melvin T. Gottling, poltergeist, all up in his business. I didn't know you were a poltergeist, Melvin. Well, I ain't. Yet, at least. But there's nothing a fella can't figure out with a little farm ingenuity. <laughs> Just knowing you're willing to come to my defense means the world to me. Melvin, it's good to have friends. But speaking of my boss, I really do need to get to work. Maybe I should get out and walk up the road a bit and see if I can figure out why traffic has been at a standstill for so long. That would be absolutely fine, Miss Cassie. <laughs> In the meantime, though, I think I'll stroll up the road with you a spell, if you don't mind. Hearing about that rapscallion you work for has got me feeling all protective now. My ma didn't raise me to let a lady walk unprotected on the highway. You never can be too careful these days. I appreciate that, Melvin. I don't think I'll need protecting from anything, but I do enjoy your company. Just look at all those cars. Why, there must be over 50 of them all at a standstill. Uh-oh, I hear sirens. I hate that sound. Reminds me of my own accident. Of course, it was too late for me, but the emergency crews didn't know that. I think they called out every darn piece of equipment the county had that day. Took a lot of doing to lift that tractor off me. I'm sorry, Melvin, that sounds awful. Nah, I was already gone. I just found the whole process surprising and interesting. Yeah, interesting. That's the word I'm looking for. It's a lot harder on the country, boys. Most of them knew my family real good. I wish the land weren't so flat here. Makes it hard to see so far down the road. Hey, Melvin, are you able to get a better view of this? Can you get high enough to see what's causing the log jam? Darn straight, Miss Cassie. I can go as high as a kite. I should have thought of that before. Hold on. I won't be able to talk while I do it, though. I'll be back lickety-spit. Oh, that would be great, Melvin. Melvin? Melvin? Are you already gone? Gone and back. It's an accident, all right. Plum dinger of one, actually. Some tomfool seems to have encountered a semi in the most unfortunate of ways. What do you mean? Well, seems the sports car tried to merge into the next lane. Only problem being that space was already occupied by a giant semi-truck. She hit the top of that car right off. If it weren't a convertible before, it sure is now. Melvin, did you say what kind of car that was? Well, I said it was a sports car. It's orange. It's got one of them bulbous back ends to it, you know? <gasps> oh, my God! I wonder if that's Ralph's car. 
I have to know. I, I just have to know. Wait up there, Miss Cassie. I'm a pretty fast guy, being dead and all. I'm having a hard time keeping up with you. Oh, that's it. That's... That's Ralph's Bosch. I, I can't believe it. Well, the only way he's not dead is if he was steering that thing by laying flat on the floorboards. I never in a million years wished him dead. I wished him gone, like get another job gone, or move to the Caribbean gone, or... Oh, but not gone gone. Wait a minute. You're talking about that boss who was trying to defame your virtue? The one and the same, Melvin. I mean, we had our issues, and I, I, I didn't like him. And he drove me crazy, but I never wanted him dead. A fellow human being is dead. I, I, I feel terrible. Don't you go getting upset now, Miss Cassie. We all have to go sometime. And I can assure you his lights went out so quick he didn't even know what happened. For how he's treated a lady like you, he got better than he deserved. I can't believe he died on my route to work. Oh, oh no! Melvin, he died on my route to work. What you getting so worked up about, Miss Cassie? Megan died on my route to work, and I can hear her. And, and you died on my route to work, and I can hear you. And, and that's okay, because you're both great people, and I love you like family, and... And we love you right back, Miss Cassie. You're like one of my very own girls. But I don't get what's wrong. Ralph died on my route to work, and I will hear him, too. And he's a... a really a... a, a big... A, the... the biggest... Oh, I'm going to stop you right there, Miss Cassie, because you're getting ready to use language unbecoming a virtuous young lady such as yourself. I see where you're coming from on this whole thing, though. I'm going to have to quit my job and find one in the opposite direction, and I like my job. I mean, it's really great. Ralph was the only bad thing, and now that he's a part of my daily drive, I'm going to have to quit. Otherwise, he's going to haunt me. I need to turn my car around and go and write my letter of resignation. Now, just hold on there one country minute, Missy. There's no need to panic. First of all, he's not going to be coming around here for quite some time. What? What do you mean? I thought I'd be hearing him any minute now. Oh, no. You see, there's a lot of... Oh, what did they call it? Orientation. Yeah, that's the word I'm hunting for. Orientation? What do you mean? When you die, they don't just let you go floating off anywhere. There's training and rules to be learned and... Well, let's just say assuming he makes the cut. And from what y'all've told me so far, it might be close. But I don't want to go sounding all judgmental and all. I was sure no perfect man myself, and I've been surprised by some of the folks who've managed to squeak through the gates since I've been here. Heck, there's even politicians up here. If that don't prove the vastness of the Lord's mercy, I don't know what does. I'm trying to follow you, Melvin. Why is Ralph not going to be a problem for me? Exactly. Dying changes a man, Miss Cassie. You learn what matters and what doesn't. 
and you become real sorry about the folks you've wronged through the years. Powerful sorry. If those things don't change him, Marvin T. Gottlink poltergeist will. I got a lot of years of debt on him, and if he says one thing to try and harm your virtue, he won't know what hit him. As long as I'm breathing air... Oh, wait, that one don't work no more. <laughs> as long as I'm around, no one's going to hassle you. At least, no dead folks. <laughs> Thanks, Melvin. You've taken a load off my mind. Want to go back to the car and talk about the farm? I think we're going to be out here for quite a while. Sounds good, Miss Cassie. By the way, me and Miss Megan are going to be right happy you're not going anywhere. You're a great company. Back at you, Melvin. Right back at you. You have been listening to Highway 47, written by Kathy Brady and produced by Brianda Cross. Julie Hoverson played Megan, Brianda was Cassie, and Toby Chittenden was Melvin. For more information about this and other productions, please go to fastfictionpodcasts.com. Thank you.